Welcome back to Consider Yourself Hugged, a place for women. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. And we are back today. Um, I think we told you a few weeks ago that we were going to do a series on mind, body, spirit, and relationships. And then we were going to have guests on and go deeper. So today um, is our first guest going deeper. Um, I'm just going to paraphrase her bio because she has been one of my best friends for seven or eight years. And then I'll put her complete bio in the show notes and you need to read her book. You need to visit all of her, like her website and her social media. So I'll put all of that in there. Um, but just as a person outside of my, my dear friend, Angela is a, Angel Howe is our guest and she's a speaker. She's a personal coach. She's the best-selling author of finding the gift daily meditations for mindfulness She's been through a lot in her life, a little bit she'll share with you today and, and what she's learned from that. She's pass, passionate about wellness, about women's topics, success. She's been seen in Fast Company, Cosmopolitan, Yahoo News, Huffington Post, and she's very inspirational and she has great hair. So <laughs> Angela, I'm so glad you're here. She's going to talk with us today about taking care of your physical self. So Thank you for that wonderful welcome and hi Tammy and Michelle and, uh, and the hair thing is so funny because that's how we met and I think I probably mention that every time because somehow that comes up but uh, I was supposed to tell Tammy she had good hair I just had that like the nudge that wouldn't go away and it launched a, a long wonderful friendship. Oh like at church. Yeah at church so I'm super excited to be here and, and really uh, passionate about this topic especially the things that we explored uh, just such a relevant message for, for all of us women. Well, you and Michelle have both been really inspirational to me in the physical realm because of the, the things that you've done. Um, we talked a little bit about that, right? Michelle and the body part Yes, yeah. with just the two of us. Um, but Angela, you even in the bio, I just said you'd been through a lot and some of that was physical. So what we want to do is help women today with just some tips about how to take care of their physical selves. And you do that despite even having some, some issues. So kind of help inspire us. Talk to, tell us about that. You know, what is it, what are your physical issues and what are you doing to overcome that? Okay. It, well, when you first asked me to talk about physical care and I was thinking exercise, working out, and I'm like, um, I'm probably not the best candidate for that. You said that to me, actually. You I said, did. Uh... like, uh, if you're wanting to talk like, you know, my physical routine, it's like, there's not much to talk about. And I, I said, you know, I can't do yoga. I can't do, I mean, I can't do yoga, guys. I, I mean, I can do breathing. Um, but like <laughs> downward, downward dog is out. Okay. Um, no downward dog. Gotcha. Not to mention all of the other stuff. Um, so, but what I, but I said, you know, I, I could focus on all the things I can't do, but, but, and then that's a long list, but I, I choose to focus on what I can do. And just, I guess, a little bit of background in case people who are listening are wondering, I was a pharmaceutical rep and somewhere along the way, all the pulling, lifting, you know, schlepping things around, I messed shoulders up, but nobody knew for three years, I was just in incredible pain until I couldn't lift my arms. And, but the primary pain was neck. So they explored all kinds of doctors explored neck stuff and couldn't match up with what, what I was experiencing. And they finally did fix the shoulders, but it left permanent uh, damage with atrophy in my upper musculature. So my arms are fine as long as they stay at my body, but also all of the compensation that was 
giving me the pain in my neck and back. Anyway, um, it's been, gosh, that started in 2004. So I've been in physical therapy all that time. Wow. And uh, initially the hope was to restore my body, but three years of not moving your arms does some things. So um, yeah, so I am able to walk. I am able to go and do like an electrical. You mean take walks? Take walks. Yes, I do. I just, I just wanted to make sure people didn't think that you were like, I can walk now, but that's all. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I walk for exercise because the bottom line is I've always been very athletic. I've always had the need to move my body as part of my spiritual care. I've joked for years that, that moving my body is, is for emotional needs, number one and spiritual needs, number one. And, and then any benefit I get physically is great too. So, um, yeah, so but I mean, that was, that was part of the, the premise of your book too, is some of the things that you see and learn on your walks. Yes, actually, that's a huge place where I am inspired. And, and now with dictation, as easy as it is in our phones, mm-hmm. a lot of my writing happens um, while I'm walking. So, um, but I, I, I wrote in my book, how important I feel it is for our spirit to move our for to move out emotional energy and um, sometimes a walk is good um, there was another entry in my book where I said you know and if I've got a lot that's going on in my life and I've got a lot of pent-up energy a walk's not going to cut it I'm going to need to hike you know so I can go to like a state park and hike so my lower body is pretty good um, got a little bit of a bum knee but it works pretty great so the point is when you ask me, or, you know, I got the feeling you're going to want me to talk about like my exercise regime. I'm like, um, well, I can just focus on what I can do because I think that's the point. It doesn't matter what you can't do. Every one of us. And, and I'm, you know, I mean, I would say even someone with may, way more limitations than me, there are things they can do um, to move their and body and get a release. Do you think our brains default to can't because it's even when I talk about like doing the intermittent fasting and sometimes the first response I'll get from people is, Oh, I, I could never do that. It's a, it's an interesting defaulting immediately to what you can't do, but maybe training your brain to default to what you can do instead. I, I think you're right. I think you've talked about that before too. And I've read recently that it's some sort of self-preservation thing that, that to keep us safe. No, let's not try doing anything new. Let's keep us safe. Let's keep mm. us doing what we're, we're, what's known and comfortable. And so, yeah, I think that we do default to what we can't do, but that just doesn't feel good. It feels so much better to think about what we can do. You know, I was thinking too, when you talked about the walk, cause Michelle, um, had talked about something interesting when she like walking the, cause the, you're talking about walking and I've talked about walking more about and you're, you're learning something through it or you're seeing something or you're dictating or you're planning something out. And I've just gone blank because you talked about. Yeah. So I talked about like part of my routine throughout the week is um, attending an exercise class where there are many varied movements because one of the things I was experiencing was staying focused on work. Like my mind would continually still run through things that was going on at work. And so when I'm running, when I'm walking, 
that's still me with my thoughts. And so um, taking several days a week, a week, a class where I have to focus on, okay, we're doing this and that now we're doing this. It pulls me out of the thinking about work into that and then allows me to kind of come home and leave that behind. So I found it helpful like in that regards. Again, love walking, um, running, but I just find I have a hard time disconnecting if I do that right after work instead of like a class environment. Yes, that makes sense. I've caught myself on a walk where I'm I'm in my neighborhood currently. It's like three laps around is, is 30 minutes and I'll do a lap and it's like, I've, I haven't seen anything. I haven't noticed anything pretty. I have been in my head and you know on that mental you know hamster wheel. So I think it is really important whether it's through a class or just intention that you know and that's really what mindfulness is 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 intentional mm-hmm. uh, focus on what's happening right now and not letting that that mental gymnastic thing go on and and so yeah it's very important and I, I, if I have a day like that then I might put on a tape where I'm. I've got affirmations that are personal to me that I'm hearing myself say, and I'm actually making myself say them with the recording, anything to stop the, the incessant thoughts that are bothering me and not letting me be present. And that somehow just reciting that with the recording helps me get present and also be able to look around. You make a good point. It's about being intentional. Mm-hmm. That's that the time. Word. Yeah. Being intentional. So maybe once the saying um, thoughts can end and that like blew my mind. And so sometimes that's a mantra that I will say when I'm walking and I can't make it stop. I'm like thoughts can end. Breathe deep. Thoughts can end. So that I'm not missing everything that's wonderful. And you are like we are missing other things when we are focused on that problem or whatever it is that we aren't letting go of. So maybe maybe be intentional. I mean, sometimes exercise or walking can just be spontaneous, but maybe sometimes you're intentional before you start. Is this walking so that I can plan something? I need some creativity or is this walking for me to be mindful and experience life and nature? Yeah. Well, you know, um, (laughs) we just laugh about that. Um, Oh, I was had a question. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what it is, but that's okay. Um, so, so you've got the physical limitations, but you focus on what you can do. But then there's also the part about feeding the body that I know you've had some experiences with as well. Can we jump to that? Yeah, sure. Here so I just had a lot of trauma, you know, as a, as a young age and my way to deal with that was turning to focusing on my body and that was one thing I thought I could control. So probably around nine, I started you know, being focused on being super thin and feeling fat. Uh, I was never fat, I was just athletic you know, build. And anyway, fast forward, I developed a you know, full-blown eating disorder and um, three hospitalizations. So gosh, six months, I think total inpatient over those three hospitalizations and, uh, and had to relearn how to have a, a healthy relationship with food. And so, you know, that my last hospital hospitalization was 1992. So it's been a while. And, um, and can I, can I interject too, that Angela, um, speaks about that too. So mm-hmm. whether yes. it's, I mean, all kinds of groups, even at teenage girls or 
eating disorder. I mean, she just speaks about that a lot. So I just want to, again, interject, please visit her, her website and things, and I'll put those links in. So, but go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. So anyway, it's been, it's been an ongoing journey. Once you have something like that, it's almost like it's always sort of, you know, in your back pocket, it doesn't ever completely leave you. So during stressful times, you know, while other people might turn to food and sometimes I do have a season, I, I have a sugar tooth, you know, or mm. a sweet tooth. You do. Um, yes, I do. And, but sometimes if it's really stressful, my go-to is I, I start forgetting to eat. And I know people laugh if you've never experienced that, but, um, so I have to be really intentional when that happens to start eating because if I start going down that road and I don't know it because I haven't owned a scale to manage my weight because that was part of my my disease was obsession on the scale um, I might lose five pounds before I know it but that's enough to set off the anorexic brain and say look what look everything's big let's keep going let's keep going and it is a mental illness I have so many people that joke and say oh I wish I had that no you don't it's a mental illness. It wants me dead. And um, so anyway, I mentioned when we talked that I, I did have to get a scale because when the gyms shut down, you know, that's a pandemic is a very stressful time. And there was a lot of personal stress already going on. And mm -hmm. so I lost weight, you know, without really knowing it. And I'm like, I've, I've got to get a scale. I'm kind of getting into a danger zone. And the, the, the neat thing about that was, um, I was so afraid I would be back to my old behavior with the scale. And I mentioned to you, you know, before I didn't own the scale, the scale owned me. Yeah. And I want you to just even pause on that for a minute. So people really heard that I didn't own a scale. The scale owned me. me. And, and I know you're probably getting ready to, but I just tell them, say to say now what you said to me over the phone the other day about what you used to do with that scale, because there are there's part of that I can identify with. And let me say this too, before you, I do want to encourage you, you know, listeners to, cause you're right, Angela, people can just laugh like, Oh, I wish I had that problem or, and, and I don't want us to do that to each other. Cause it just demeans it. I don't know, Michelle, help me with your, it's just saying that when a, when a woman shares something that she is going through, that's out of the norm, like maybe the opposite of what most women experience that whole thing I talk about, like the must be nice and the, and there's reasons for it, but is it a shaming thing? What is we, right, having a tendency we want to, and kind of our really heart with this podcast is to support one another. It's women supporting women. And so whatever the struggle is, I mean, if it's a struggle for someone else that we love and care about, then, I mean, we should appreciate and be there for that person instead of being like, well, I wish I had that. I mean, it's, if it's a struggle, we should see it as a struggle and be there to support one another, I think is. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I talking about it helps because if it is, you know, out of the norm while everyone else is, is putting on the pandemic 15, you know, I'm losing weight and don't know it. Now I got to buy a scale to try to manage because. Uh, I got down to probably my lowest adult weight since being in the hospital. And I Recently? wasn't to that weight. Uh, this, yeah, like May, June. And uh, so I've gained 10 pounds since then. And, you know, I kind of look normal. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I was afraid that I would go back to weighing, you know, every minute of the day, like uh, before I go to the bathroom, after I go to the bathroom, before I get dressed, after I get dressed morning, noon, and night. Um, what if I stand this way? 
What if I turn backwards? I mean, just what if you hold your breath and don't (laughs) force all your weight down on the scale? Yeah. What if I get on really slow? (laughs) I mean, it's just crazy. And I have like a smart scale. And um, I think, wasn't I talking to you the other day? Yes. About smart washers. Don't even get me started. Oh gosh, yes. I just want the dumbest things that you can buy for household appliances. But anyway, I, I opted for a smart scale and it remembers people. So then, um, so I have to admit to this, I did play with that. And I'm like, does it remember if me, if I grab a tube of toothpaste, uh, does it remember me? <laughs> Cause then I'm thinking, well, then if I, you know, it's not going to go with, go along with my games. If it's remembering me, it's going to know that's just her with her sweater off. What, is, what does that mean? It remembers you. I don't, what does that mean? What does it say to you? Does it say, Hey, Angela, it's been, what does that mean? You can do this app. I have not, like I said, I needed to be real chill uh, with but you can do an app and it can record and track and do all this kind of stuff. And it can know when you get on, Oh, hi, that's Angela. And like, no, I, I don't need that. I don't need the scale in my life in that way. But, um, but what I've experienced after having the scale and, and, you know, I did, you know, manage to gain weight back that I needed to gain is I get on it, you know, a couple times a week. And, um, you know, as an, as a former anorexic, you know, when you see weight gain, I get on there and I'm like, well, all right, that's, that's, the, that's the number I need to be at today, I guess. And then if I was to get on, you know, next week, and if it was down two or three pounds, I'd be like, okay. I mean, I, I just, I'm now, you know, especially I'm kind of at my, where I've been as an adult, this weight. And so when I get back on the anorexic brain loved being 10 pounds less. The anorexic brain wanted to go all the way this time. We, we, we almost made it in my 20s. Let's go all the way, all the way to the hospital, all the way dead. That's my, that's my best thinking in my anorexic brain. Um, so anyway, I, I just, I'm amazed what time, and then this might launch into kind of the aging thing. It's like, I'm supposed to be this weight, you know? And, and I know, again, kind of what you're talking about. People have a hard time, then they see me, and I look like I'm of a normal weight. Um, I can remember, gosh, you know, being in self, you know, 12 step type programs for weight when I was, you know, real young and thin and, you know, really um, in a life and death situation and women saying, well, honey, you don't look like you have any problems at all. You look great, honey. And it's just, you know, so That's not the point, yeah, it's, it's not how I look. It's, it's what I'm going through. But so anyway, it is always hard to kind of talk about this with women who see me as I'd give anything to be her size. We just, we can't judge women by their external appearance. So many of us are so good at masking what is going on, whether it is a physical thing or whether it is emotional thing, you know, whether it is a life thing, a relational thing. We just, we just don't know what people are going through. So, and you said, you said it when we talked before is that you just have to, to love yourself. And, you know, one of the things that I had started saying to myself, cause I like you, I mean, I've never been to the anorexic stage or anything and I've, but I have definitely been up and down with the weight and was obese when I was younger. So I, I still struggle sometimes with that relationship with food and scale, But I remember, I think it was not this past holiday season, but the holiday season before when I had gained seven or eight pounds. And so I looked back on it and I was like, you know what? I loved those pounds because those pounds represented the holiday time that I spent with my family and the cooking and the meals and 
pre-pandemic, of course, with, you know, going places and, and eating interesting food. So I kind of tried to look at it like that. Yeah. So, I think but. the other thing I'll say about food is uh, we just have missed it so much in our culture that food is our nourishment. One of the things that I said when I was you know, trying to get, uh, get well back in my 20s was food is fuel. It's not my lover. It's not here to entertain me. It is my nourishment. And in the past, you know, food had such an emotional connection to either eating or not eating. And so now, um, I guess because of that background, and I had to work with a team of doctors and nutritionists to, to kind of teach me how to eat, I just feel so much better. I have never been one to be able to eat out much because it's just full of stuff. Yeah. And, and I get to where I just want a, a plain meal, just meat with some seasoning, um, a starch and a vegetable. And I know what went in that food. And, um, you know, I do, like I said, I mentioned a sweet tooth, but those are treats. They're not supposed to be everyday things. Aww. And so, you know, I, I just feel like we don't use food as medicine as much as we need to in this culture. And that's something that I'm currently aspiring to do more is, is seeing my food, not as just fuel, but also it's, it's my, it's my medicine. You know, I can eat to where I have less inflammation. You know, I can eat to where I feel better emotionally, you know, so. We can still eat for, for joy sometimes, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. I think, (laughs) I think, I think food was to be pleasure. That's right. Absolutely. I agree. Well, in our last like 10 minutes together, cause I know you said you wanted to, you said in your transition to aging and I like Michelle and Angela and I were all close to the same age within five or six years. And it's a, I'm 56 and Michelle is not um, 45 <laughs> and Angela's I'm, how old? 45, 45. I'm, she's the baby. I'm 53. So it's, it's a, it can be a tough time. So tell us, I mean, cause you, and you'll see in the bio, if you don't know Angela, you'll see her picture and she's beautiful and um, aging is, is rough for women. So what do we do about that? Yeah, it is really hard. And I think, you know, we, we, we chatted before it's like, you know, cellulite um, I don't know where it comes from, but, but cellulite just seems to increase uh, overnight, it like does push-ups. I wake up in the morning. There's a couple more, and it's like you know. But but the the beautiful part of of where I'm at with body image is you're part of the deal. Cellulite. Hello. Okay. You're, you're just part of the deal, and and you are a fraction of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could speak to my 20 year old self, I'd be like. This thing that wraps you up, it's nothing. Everything that you are is inside you. That is who you are. You are not this bodysuit. And so that's kind of how I have um, got to where I am with, with body image. And let me tell you, when you, I, I, I weight trained. I mean, I, I body built. I, I've got pictures where I'm, I'm pretty darn ripped and it is, um, it has been devastating at times to not be able to do the things to hold on to muscle to the point, you know, I'm concerned now uh, about you know, m- muscle is so important for protecting your bones. Um, I haven't told you this, but I just found out I have, I have early bone loss. So osteopenia, ah. 
that's kind of a new thing I'm, I'm learning about. And it's, I feel in on one sense, I could choose to feel helpless because I see the tone of my body kind of turning to mush and, and cellulite. And it's all very real. And it's also kind of scary because I know how important we need to surround our bones. Um, but at the same time, I am able to look at myself, you know, without clothes on and say, you know, it's, it's, it's your body. Guess what? It still walks. It still can pick things up. It can feed you. It can wash your hair. You know, so that's what I always talk to women about is if we could start focusing on the functions our body does for us instead of the, I really want to say the word silly. I'm sorry. Instead of the silly um, assessments of what it looks like. I mean, if you had to choose one or the other, you're going to go for looks, you're going to go for function because I'm going to go for function. Right. Yeah. And it, it is hard though. I mean, you've heard me tell the story. I think both of you have of, you know, I have this age spot that's very dark and I ran into a woman in the store one day that I hadn't seen like 15 years and she walked over and hugged me. And then, you know how you hug somebody and then, then you back away and look at each other. And she's like, Oh honey, you don't have to live with that. And I was like, I'm sorry, what, excuse me, but there's, you know, there's the, the things that, you know, when I see myself in the mirror, I don't recognize. Sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like I look like that. I feel like I still look like I'm 20. Um, so it takes, it takes a while, I think, to come to terms with that because, well, we, are, this is not news to anybody when I'm this societal expectation of how we're supposed to look. You know, it, it is a huge shift because the culture says that we women are our beauty, our, our bodies, our size. It, we've heard this lie our entire lives. So it is a huge adjustment to transition from, you know, thinking of, of our bodies as vehicles and useful versus just a definition of our very worth. That's an interesting I, I really like that though. So it kind of goes back to what you said about exercise too. focus on and eating, focus on what you can do and what's great about your body rather than all that other stuff. It's a positive. Yeah. And it takes practice. It takes re yeah, repetition and practice. You have to be committed to loving yourself and not uh, cheapening your view of yourself by just looking at the body suit. Yeah. And, um, mm, yeah. The body suit. It, it's, uh, yeah. I love, I love saying the word body suit because it, to me, it really captures what it is. I mean, oh, yes, you and I are talking our bodies. Okay. Our, our voices, yes. And, you know, our mouths are moving there. There are things physically happening, but we're just so much more than our bodies. Mm, I love that. Well, then when you, when we talked to the last thing that you wanted to encourage us to do is something a little odd and different that I had not expected on our episode today. So say, tell me this weird last thing you talked about, about physical stuff. Are we talking about <laughs> movement or are we talking about sounding? Um, well, you said that there was something you said about using your, you said it over the phone and I was like, well, that's interesting about using your, your mouth or I don't remember something. Yes. Yeah, so in my book, so my book's a daily meditation uh, book. So there's a little nugget for every day on October 3rd, it's called happy dance gone wild. And that particular one was, I'll, I'll just read a little bit of it. When was the last time you screamed? Woohoo! 
When was the last time you made any loud sound from your mouth? We were given a voice and we can adjust our volume from a whisper to a battle cry. Do you use your upper volume range at all? It's liberating. I'm sitting by Old Hickory Lake and several flocks of geese have passed overhead. They aren't silent. They're honking as loud as they can and inviting all who care to join. It sounds like they're rallying the troops and shouting woohoo on the way to their next adventure. So I go on in that reading to challenge people to use our voice. And I've just taken some recent um, art classes at um, Art and Soul in Nashville. And it's all about a mindfulness experience and play. And before they actually do creativity, they prep our mind, body, spirit with a couple of things. The first one is movement. So they play like three songs and we let our bodies intuitively move. Some people are in there stretching. Some people are dancing. Some people are doing both things. And um, I've taken a, another class where they're like, hey, remember you have hips. See if you can move hips. Remember like nobody's watching, you know, do a little hula hoop kind of thing. And so really it helps okay. us get into our body and it's fun if you have music. And then the next thing is sounding. We, when, okay, so we're taught to breathe deep, diaphragmatic breathing to make, bring the body, the breath down into the belly. Guess what? You can bring sound down into the belly too with, and I, since we talked, I've noticed how often we're wired to do this, but we because the culture thinks we're crazy. So, you know, my, I wake up and my back hurts. I get up and it's like, oh, Oh, I mean, I make all these noises. I don't plan to make those noises. It's just, that's a built-in thing to help us as we are going through maybe a difficult motion, but, but that, that, um, that's interesting. that, that tactic can be done intentionally. And so like in the sounding piece of, of into your body, you know, you start with a sigh oh, and feel that vibrate all into your belly. Um, and then you can just yeah. have fun with it. Um, I've played some, some tribal type music and, you know, I've done some, I, but I'm, you know, kind of, I love to dance to it, but sounding using upper range, you know, you might shriek, you might laugh, big, deep belly laughs, but basically making things come from you that are odd, odd, the people here, actually it scares cats. I'll, I'll warn you on that. Um, <laughs> Maybe dogs. <laughs> One day I was running late to this art class and she, she texted and she said, sound the whole way here. So I'm driving in traffic and I'm going, you know, Ooh, ah, ah, you know, <laughs> a friend was asking about taking this class. She goes, Angela, it sounds like you chanting. I don't know about chanting. I mean, is I'm, I'm Christian. Well, let me just tell you, it's not chanting. We're not calling in the spirits, but it's we are just using sound to get into our body and I'm telling you by the time I have done movement then I've done sounding then they do kind of a stillness meditation type thing I'm like it's nirvana I'm like so zen that it's like they have a saying in this art class we don't uh I don't know how they say it we don't intentionally try to create we put our bodies in a place where creativity is is um inevitable so thank you Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, so I mean, so I'm an artist, so I'm into creativity, but I believe all humans are creative and we all can bring creativity to our day. So, you know, that little rhythm of, of movement sounding, or you could just sing to the songs and, and accomplish both. And then some stillness, you can do that in 10 minutes and radically change how you feel 
emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. It's just like this, this, this thing comes over. It's, I, I recommend everybody try it. I think about um, when you said that about like making the noises when, when weightlifters, I mean, they, they make that loud grunt. It's that sound that helps you and you can do that intentionally. Um, you've got, um, you did a Facebook live. I don't remember when it was, but if you want to, I mean, I would love for you to send me that link to put in there. You were, you were out in the water and you were moving just anything like that. And then if anybody else share your videos, if you, I don't know, Michelle, you'll do one, right? <laughs> yes. that, was, that was a really yes. great and and I'm I'm just silly I, I went I propped my phone up and there was a huge puddle where we you know a tire created a divot in the thing and I went out there barefoot and jumped and jumped and jumped and probably you know let out a few woohoos you did we, we've ugh, it's liberating and it's free I love that so much I I I always love hearing from you. I love your tips. I love your ideas. Do you have any questions, thoughts? Are we? Thank you so much. I mean, it's a pleasure. I I always love talking to you too. And Michelle, I'm so happy to to meet you. Happy that you joined Tammy and looking forward to hearing the whole series about, about mind, body, spirit, and love this approach you're taking. Oh yeah. You'll be back at some time at the point. You're like, you're like a regular. So we're so glad. We just love having Angela here today. Make sure that you go visit the show notes, which for now will still be at TammyWest.com until we eventually transition to a Consider Yourself Hugged website. So visit that. We'll have her picture, her bio, her links, um, her weird video if she chooses to send it. Post your weird video. Post it here on the show notes, wherever you're listening on, on your podcast of choice. Um, join our private Facebook group, The Stress Club. If you haven't done that already, link is in the show notes too. Subscribe, download, comment, do all those things to help us grow. We are so grateful that you are with us and helping us to grow our community of women. And until we see you next time, consider yourself hugged. I was going to say, it just felt like you should say consider yourself and then everybody go I should. Let's do it. Like the guests can say it too. Let's do it. I now. love this part. I, I, she's my friend, but I'll listen to her podcast. I cannot stop until I hear the last thing. It's, it's really clever. I mean, and I have to hear it. So, well, I can splice it in. Hang on. We're going to do it again. And until we're together next time, consider yourself. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Put that in there. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> until next time. Wait. Okay. And until next time, consider yourself hugged. Uh, <laughs> oh, y'all are awesome. I'm glad I, did. I'm glad I did not stop recording until then. <laughs>